0: Hello, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we've got Netflix 108th film. It's the 2018 Israeli-American spy thriller, The Angel, directed by Ariel Vroman, and it stars Marwan Kanzari and Toby Kebble. I'm Jesse, and here, yeah, as usual, with MJ. Haydon. I'm very well, Jesse. How are you? Oh, yes. It's... Um... Yes, we've had some warmer weather, which has been nice. We've had some rain. We've we've had a bit of everything at the moment. Wind, um, so it's got me in the mood to to talk.
1: <laughs> we are still probably the most locked down city in the world at the moment. So, uh,
0: getting to talk about movies might be our shining light of our week, to be honest. Yeah, it might be the only positive thing at the moment because uh, yeah, it looks like we might be in this for a little bit of a, a longer time than hoping. But um, yeah, we're, we'll stick it out, and we can still uh, chat obviously over video call, which is a nice thing. Yeah, that's it. Well, uh, yeah, we start off our our show with our fast flicks where we do our own little summary of the film. So MJ, what's your fast flicks for the angel? All right. So
1: I, I, I see it as a political behind the scenes. Look at one man's impact on the war between
0: Egypt or the Arab United Nations and Israel. Yeah yeah exactly the the gist of the story it's it's obviously based on a true story um high-ranking egyptian official who provided information to the israelis on attacks during the 1970s so it's a yeah um a nice little retelling of a a historical event um that you know 50 years ago or so so i guess um it's it's sort of past. um you know, it's, it's a, f- a fair way in that past now that it's probably not close enough for us to sort of be like, oh, well, obviously neither of us are old enough to remember it. But um, you know, it's no, those, obviously. <laughs> it's it's one of those historical events. It's not like a World War II, but it's um it's still sort of that that nice little historical thing that's like, oh, here's a story maybe I didn't know, um, which is cool. That's well put. It certainly is that for me. Probably took me a while to get where I was trying to say, but that's <laughs> I think we got one. <laughs> Uh, good. So uh, we we kick off or we lead into uh, what we may have found out about the making of it. So what what, what could you work out about how this was put together?
1: Uh, so look, as as you said, it's it's based on a true story of Ashraf Marwan, who played a pretty big role, from what I can gather, um, to help politically shape the Middle East back in the in the twentieth century. So. The, the film itself was based then on a, on a New York Times bestselling book, which was called The Angel, The Egyptian Spy Who Saved Israel, um, which was based on that true story. So uh, it was the 5th of May 2017 uh, when they announced Marwan Kanzari was set to star in The Angel, and that's the first we really heard of it. Um, Ariel Vroman, uh, Roman. Uh, is, was was on the, from the director and the screenplay was written by David Arada who had written Children of Men so it was produced by Simon Istelainen and Antoine Stewie uh, so they'd been working on the project for quite a long time before it got anywhere near production and Netflix basically came on board as the global distributor in around June, July 2017 from what I can gather and this was just prior to them starting production of the film so Netflix obviously uh, was very popular in that sense where they let the filmmakers maintain as much of the flavor and authenticity on the project so they could continue to be as ambitious as they wanted with it, which is a very familiar trait we see for Netflix films um, across this podcast. So it was June, sorry, July 2017 when they began filming production. So that was in London, uh, but it was also shot in other parts of the UK, Bulgaria and Morocco. And then the film obviously came out just over a year later uh, in September, although it was originally scheduled for a, for a June release that same year. So uh, that is kind
0: of the story of how it got onto our Netflix screens. Very nice. Um, it did. This one had a budget as well. Uh, it did, it did, yes. did, did 12, Twelve Was it $12 million? I think was, was $12 million is what I've got. Yeah. So yeah, you, I did have, I did have, have a little bit of a look through
1: the archive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, my
0: favorite. I <laughs> did want to
1: call out <laughs> Jaws and the exorcist were both made by $12 million. We're talking about a completely different era, but I did want to call that out that for $12 million, mm-hmm. you could have made Jaws. Um, <laughs> but also similar films just to get a flavor of what you can do with $12 million. American pie was $12 million. Fold now stars, project X, Three billboards uh, outside Ebbing, Missouri. Lion from a couple of years ago. And From what I can gather, though, twelve million dollars—very common budget. There's tons and tons of films that are made for twelve million dollars, but that's the kind of stuff you're looking at. So you look at things like three billboards and Lion. You can obviously make an Oscar-nominated movie with twelve million dollars if you want.
0: Mm, good. Yeah. Um. I guess I'll probably put this out there now that a couple of the, the things that I've found out about the film might uh, head into spoiler territory. So call. if, uh, if uh, you did want to watch this one, uh, give us a pause uh, because yeah, I'm going to give away a couple of little uh, key things about this one, but I guess the, the, the part that I like to look up now, the, the title in uh, different languages now. And mm. uh, while a lot of countries played some sort of little alternate sort of version on the word spy or code name, like the code name, the angel, um, the German title was the title of the book it was based on so the egyptian spy who saved israel um the japanese mm-hmm. title is the only one that sort of stood out for me and it was it translated into forever mine which like i was i i, I couldn't draw mm. any connection as to what that translation <laughs> what that translation meant but i thought that was quite funny um forever mine so yeah that was a yeah good one. that one got lost <laughs> that,
1: in translation i think
0: massively the i like the tagline for this one which was um in the shadow of war, one man fought for peace. And I just thought that that tagline went really well with the the poster that you may see online or on Netflix, where you've got, um, you've got his face. Um, the main character, what's his name? Ashraf. Um, you've got his face Mm. and just the the shadows Mm. in between his face. I thought that that was a really cool tagline for some of the promotional material that I did see. the, now this is, this is leading into a little bit of spoiler territory, but, um, just some differences between real life and I guess this um take on i mean obviously there's going to be some things you change for narrative purposes uh but with this yep. one for example the the character in the film we we see uh diana now um in real life mm. he never never had this um affair with a lady called diana he didn't really have an affair with her in the film anyway but they sort of um no. made it out that his wife left him um because of her thoughts of him being with her Jealousy. but yeah but in real life, him and his wife stayed together right up to his death. So I just thought that was a, oh. that's a, yeah. So I thought that was a, a big sort of difference um, in, in the way that they, that's a huge difference. <laughs> yeah. So they, they stayed together their whole, the, you know, until his death. And I think at, in the credits at the end, this is obviously another spoiler. They, they explained that he died under sort of uh, mysterious mm. circumstances in 2007. Um, they didn't really mention in the credits though, that um, this was only three weeks after um, an Israeli court, actually named him as an agent who gave israel information so um oh, so, so his car his cover was pretty much blown so three weeks after his name's put out there for people to see this is when he disappears under mysterious circumstances so i thought that gave a little bit more context gotcha. um in real life as to um what had happened with him which i thought was interesting like it's always nice to see something where yeah you, you go and look a bit more into detail into it to try and work out um you know some more information because you you want to know more um. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I find
1: those two, those last two points that you made interesting. That, firstly, the him not being not actually breaking up with his wife makes me think that they really wanted to show the toll that this took on him from a cinematic perspective by saying, "Look, this guy basically sacrificed everything to get what he um to get what he got in the end." But then, the thing with the with his death, I mean, I must admit, I did read that as being insanely suspicious that someone had obviously come in and taken him out. Um, But that, that context makes it even, even stronger. And then to be honest, even a lot more sadder as well.
0: Mm, Completely agree. Uh, The, it won one award. It was the jury prize winner for best feature film at the life art festival in 2019 had a look at the other films it was up against and uh couldn't name any of them so i'm not too sure it's a, it's a massive win uh, i had a percentage match for this one too on netflix um which i haven't had in quite a while okay. no um, it had me down for 83 percent. so on the, okay. on the high end which um Definitely, yeah, I just, yeah. I, your ones do go a bit lower yeah i was just happy to have one because it seems like forever <laughs> since um since i've had one but yeah i guess this is where we sort of lead into the part where we talk a little bit about the consensus so what well, what consensus critics and audience have you got for this one?
1: Yeah, from what I can found, from what I found, it was it was really popular. To be honest, it's, it's, it's sitting at a six point six out of ten on IMDb, just over eleven thousand ratings, which is quite a bit. Uh, and then it's a three point sorry, three a flat three uh, out of five on Letterboxd. Weirdly only just over a thousand ratings. So a huge discrepancy between the amount of people that have rated this on letterbox compared to IMDB. Now we know IMDB generally is higher, but, um, this is significantly higher, but still three out of five over a thousand people, um, generally popular. Isn't, isn't that your wife's thing? If it's not got a three on letterbox, she ain't watching it.
0: <laughs> Correct. Yeah. I, I could have got her to watch this one with me. Um, <laughs> the, the Google users like this, they had this at 82%. So on the highest end, um, Rotten Tomatoes, there's no consensus from the critics, um, 75% on 12 reviews, so heading on that fresh side. And Mm. the audience had it at 61%, so still also on that fresh side, but only on 240 Mm. um, ratings, Mm -hmm. which is, again, um, very, very low. But hmm, good little overall picture there. So that leads us into our early thoughts on this. Fill us in.
1: Yeah, look, obviously, I think I told you. I didn't know anything about this story um i was even confused not confused it's the wrong word i'm glad this movie wasn't called um what was the 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 egyptian spy who saved israel because i was you know obviously on the fence as to whether he was a good guy or not for most of this film but the story was was really dry in detail i found um but there there was there was a lot of interesting points within it so it it just took a long time for me to be interested in that side of it so I, i suppose A two-hour film about a lead-up to war can be a slog at times. It's obviously got a lot of detail, a lot of politics to it. So, I I like how it ended up. It definitely caught me off guard how well things tied in together and actually became of interest to me because I was struggling with it. Um, It was very slow and I certainly got bored throughout, but it it did, cinematically, it actually really kind of worked eventually.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Good. That's a, that's a good little observation way of putting it, I guess. Um, Mm. yeah, I, I think, um, for me, this like, I didn't, I didn't know the story. So it was nice for me to sit back and just learn something new about a different character in this type of, um, time in the world that I I know a little bit about. Um, and I, I thought the tension, um, build throughout was pretty good. Um, Th- the were lots of scenes where i was i was on edge going oh well, no what's going to happen what's mm-hmm. going to happen and um that like I, I yeah i was i was intrigued to see what was happening and this is this the sort of film that i reckon back um when i was studying international relations i would have thought this was like the bee's knees like when argo came out and those types of films i was like this is amazing <laughs> yeah. like this this is the sort of film that i've just been drooling over and gone i can relate what i'm studying to in a film like it's awesome so um yeah, yeah I, sure. I, 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 I enjoyed it at um, various stages throughout and, yeah, enjoyed the story.
1: Yeah, I think we're probably on a similar page
0: with this. Yeah, good. All right. So let's um jump into the characters. This one had a a multitude of um of various people playing different parts and, and different players in this, obviously based on a true life story. So they wanted to try and show as many of these um people that the characters met up with and, and what sort of role they played in the situation and, and the actual event. But from I, I guess the film side of things, who would you like to start with MJ?
1: Oh, look, it's obvious, right? Let's start with the angel himself. Um, Ashraf Marwan. Did you notice Ashraf Marwan, the, an the actor's name, his first name was Marwan spelled exactly the same. just thought that was curious. Um, <laughs> yes. but again, culturally it's probably something that is quite common that I shouldn't have even brought up anyway.
0: He, he, <laughs> he, he's, he's actually Dutch. Did you ever say that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I did say that
0: actually. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> Look,
1: I I think Ashraf was, despite the fact that he is based on a real person, I I thought he was a pretty complicated character. Um, I I think they really set him up as either someone who was doing the wrong thing or was just way over his head. And and I I thought of him as this real slime ball at times, despite all the clues that were there suggesting that he wasn't. I I spent a lot of this movie more or less disliking him, um, but giving him the benefit of the doubt because he was the film's protagonist. So I'm like, okay, we're we're on board with this guy. I'm jumping in the driver's seat with him. I'm, I'm happy. I want him to succeed, but I kind of don't like him. Um, but then by the end of it, it's not it's not the case. Everything he's doing, he's doing with with great intentions, doing for the right reasons. And I, I just think that watching this film and seeing him as a hero would really help the way that I think you view the film in general. Um, and that's kind of how I felt about it because he, he was he was a playmaker through all of this. And they kind of reveal that really late.
0: Yeah, that's, I guess that's a, a really good point because the, the setup of him being this Egyptian national person, who's the father and his father-in-law is the president. Yeah. And they, mm. and they, they set him up early on that, even when um, NASA dies, that he, he still works in the, for the, for the new president as well. And um So they, they, they make this motive almost for him for when he does start leaking this information, um, because of, you know, this, this relate, this relationship with his father-in-law, the president that didn't like him. So the first thing that you think Mm -hmm. about him is the, and I I still don't know whether I believe that motivation is as the true motivation as to why you do something like this, just that your father-in-law doesn't like you. I think that's a pretty extreme, um, thing to do, but, um, you know they make it out that like that this this is one of the reasons but then as the film goes on like just in the back of my mind i'm continually thinking is this the, still the reason or is the reason more greed like is he more motivated by the cash rewards that he's receiving and that's where i, I got to the end and i was still i still found him really complicated because i still don't right. know if i if i can think of him as i still don't know what his motivations were was it because he loved his wife and he wanted to do the right for her by building up this cash reserve that they could live a good life or was he doing it just out of pure hatred of his father-in-law? Like these are two really complicated sort of things that I don't think is properly answered, which I don't mind.
1: Yeah. that's And let's, let's, let's just pay this down. So I'm clear on everything. So he initially makes that phone call because he wanted to get back at his father-in-law, right? He, that was a spiteful thing for him to do to say, Hey, I've got some, I've got some secrets I can link to you. That's how I read it. Even, even he might've had good intentions of how it all ended up. I got the feeling that it was just like, nah, screw this bastard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blackmail him or double cross him.
0: Mm. That's how you read it. Yeah, that that was well. That's how I think the filmmakers wanted you to see it to start off with. Yeah. it. I'm, I'm not sure if you read the book, you'd, you'd get a completely different version of it. But I think that that probably helped with. Um, and I don't want to lead into Mona, his wife, just yet. But I, I really the the way that they showed her character really annoyed me um, because the only times we really got to see her was when she was cracking it at, at Ashraf for, for being unfaithful when he wasn't unfaithful. And, you know, they showed her as this sponge from the, and it's this complicated relationship with the father who was obviously funding his education and, and his gambling issue as well, which, you know, that that's a big sort of thing, this negative sort of connotation that you've got with, with Ashraf, mm. that the president doesn't like him. The wife's concerned about the gambling, but yeah the, 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 the context of her relationship with him, which is something that you want to root for him because you can see that, he, she means a yeah. lot to him because he doesn't, he doesn't want to be with um, this Diana chick. He, he wants his, you know, he goes to um, Gaddafi's palace and Gaddafi's offering him yeah. all these girls like, no, no, I'm married. I'm married. So you could see deep down that he cared about his wife, but at the same time it was like, I couldn't see why he cared so much about her. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I get it. It's really complicated because I feel like he got himself into this position for the wrong reasons. And then he basically got blackmailed into giving them more information and then it seems like he hatched up this whole plan knowing that he could pull strings on both sides. And, and basically his plan was to have this war because they could realize how detri- detrimental it was going to be and then sign a peace treaty. And he kept Israel in the loop to give them the heads up so there wouldn't be as many casualties, I guess. And all of a sudden it worked out. The peace that he wanted in the first place kind of worked out, but he was, he, he sounds like a mastermind, but I think he, he basically scrambled his way through this whole thing because of mistakes he might've made in the first place. Um, yeah, good point. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's it, you're right about it being so complicated because you'd love to think that, oh, here's this guy with this single vision that he just wanted things to be peaceful. He, he could foresee what was going to happen and he did what he could to fix it. But yeah, it wasn't as clear as that, which is great. It humanizes him. Right. Mm. right well, who else would you like to talk about? Well, the other, the other main one for me is, is Danny or Alex. Um, let's call him Danny. Um, to me, he, he felt relatable, as relatable as someone who works in private intelligence can actually be. But the fact that he just basically trusted his gut, he didn't necessarily work by the book and he put his family first. He certainly wasn't perfect at this job that normally I wouldn't even bother trying to figure out because it's just way beyond me. I think it was important to have someone that the audience could cling on to, even if it was just a little bit, in in a sense, it made him out to be a bit of his buddy pairing with Ashraf. Um, Because every other character, sorry, so many other characters in this film went completely over my head because there were so many of them and they had such small roles that probably seemed important that I just almost stopped caring who was on what side and who wanted what to happen because it was just... The, the, the nitty gritty got me confused. So despite the fact that this Annie, that Danny wasn't an overly interesting character, I, I think I found
0: him someone that I could grab onto because
1: there wasn't many others that I could. Yeah, I agree.
0: I think the relatability for him a little bit um, leads into the fact that you still saw the consequences or the the ramifications of him trusting Ashraf with like the people in charge of him as well. And you, you sort of felt that, mm. that danger for him when, you know, you, you think he's doing the right thing by trusting him, but you can see that if, if things do go wrong, he's going to be in just as much strife as well. And I guess that sort of makes yeah, it more um, like the more accountability, which makes you feel more in danger for him as a character as well, a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that um, yeah everything you said about him was, was spot on because it was just um even like the way they introduced him in that bathroom scene where where you've got you know the the text on the screen and it, and the way he just walks and the camera mm. follows him throughout into the to the meeting with um Ashraf i thought yeah it was he was a, a cool character and um uh, surrounded by a lot of people that were doing the wrong thing most of the time i guess yeah true true um i i just want like diana i've mentioned her a couple of times already i, I just really especially after the fact when you know that that's like, she didn't really exist as a, that he never had, there was never a situation where he used a woman like that it just makes me think like, you know, why did we need her? Like was constantly throwing herself out on, on him. Like that, that was a little bit gross. This is the exact
1: same question I had. And I'm, I'm staggered that that she wasn't this real big player in real life because my only um the only reason that i understood why she was in this film was because ah, oh, well she must have been in real life and they didn't quite know how to do it because the relationship with, with diana was super weird because they made it out like they were long lost friends but they never really established how or why they became friends they just bumped into each other at a bar one night spoke for about four seconds and then all of a sudden he was asking favors from
0: her all the time like it, it didn't fit at all it was bizarre and even her introduction, like when, what's the first thing she's like, Oh, you want to come back to my house and watch people have sex? Pretty much. It was, it was <laughs> it was a weird, weird character. Yeah. I'm glad you thought the same thing. Um, I thought uh, the last one I've got that I wanted to bring up was the Sammy character, Sammy, um, Sharaf. I just thought, so he was the, you know, the right hand man to NASA when he was president. And then, um, He was trying to do anything he could possibly do to discredit, um, Ashraf, um, to, you know, support, you know, his, his boss and, and prove that, you know, the, the man that his daughter's with is the wrong sort of person. And I thought that it was, it was cool to see, um, Ashraf be able to turn that table on him and and end up, you know, leaking some information that got him locked up. And I just liked this constant check-in with him, um, in prison, having these people tail, ashraf to to sort of mm-hmm. check in with the story It was nice to see from a different point of view rather than this um linear sort of story of exactly what was happening it sort of kept you thinking about what was going on so i just uh, i thought that was that was a, a nice little character to have in there as well
1: that's fair i think that probably the one thing that didn't work for me with that was he felt so powerless where he was despite the fact they were getting him followed they kept going back to this guy who's in prison and i i just kind of think well hang on what's he actually going to be able to do in all this um yeah. but it, it's it's a good point it, it certainly made it a little bit more interesting from a storytelling perspective hmm, good all right um any other characters that you wanted to talk about no nah, there were too many small ones that i just didn't want to bother with to be honest it just hurt my head too much trying to figure everything else out that was going on politically <laughs> Fair enough. all right um the director interesting little bit of a career Absolutely. So this is his fifth feature. Um, he did Criminal back in 2015, which I didn't didn't know was him. Um, obviously, that's Kevin Costner, Gary Oldman, Tommy Lee Jones, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot. Uh, I don't think the film probably didn't do as well as I would have hoped, but it was a pretty cool project. Um, and he also did The Iceman with Michael Shannon, Winona Ryder, Chris Evans, Ray Liotta, James Franco, which, again, is based on a true story, and you can kind of see the comparisons with how he made this film and how he made that film. But, yeah, as you said, like he's definitely carving out a nice
0: little career. Yeah. Everything you said I had. So, Thank you. (laughs) Um, what about about some scenes that worked for you?
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, as, as I sort of said, there was a lot of things that I found a little bit, uh, slow and, and, and draggy, but I think the main, the first scene that really got me interested was when he got pulled out of class and he was told that the president was dead. Um, you know, it it broke away from the monotony that was really creeping into that film. And I think you, you're supposed to assume that it's going to have to do with the phone call that he made. Um, that's why he's getting pulled out of class. It's going to get interesting. When they said the president was dead, I was like, Oh wow. Okay. That's, that's going to change things completely. So, uh, very important scene because it, it, it just got things on track for me, which, which was really struggling at the time. So, and then apart from that, like the, the next thing I really liked was, was the reveal of, the opening scene that we see turning out to be a double cross with, with the guns that he delivers, not firing. Cause I think you, you get a little bit annoyed that you're like, Oh, well, hang on. We know that he's going to change sides to you, or we know that he's going to deliver these guns. And when that didn't work, I was like, Oh, well, you got me. Well done. I, it wasn't mm-hmm. like you were just saying, we're going to tell you the story leading up to this point, And now, you know, and now we're all up to date. It was like, no, no, we we've got a few tricks up our sleeves from a, from a storytelling perspective. And I like that. Um, and then I, I just really love the reveal about the whole thing being Ashraf's plan. I, I think once we slowly broke that down, that he kind of pieced every piece of the puzzle together and that he was the one that was the puppet master on, uh, on the president and basically risk risked himself and risked uh, risked everyone to, to make sure his plan works. So that was really good. And that's how I, when I sort of said that I love the fact that it all tied up together nicely, that that was just really good cinema or filmmaking. Um, And the final thing that I did like was that he committed to that potassium terminology Mm -hmm. that he said, when, when the attack's going to happen, I'm going to say the word potassium. And the other two times where the attacks didn't happen, he never used the word potassium. And then when he eventually did it the third time, I was like, Oh, you probably should have listened to him from the very start.
0: Yeah, no, that's a very good pickup. I thought it was just such a blend. Obviously that lecture that he was in when I think it was when he got that news that the president had died. Like that was what they were discussing in class. Was yeah, nice I did. One. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, good. All right. Yeah. Um, the, there's a bit of, um, a bagging online for, um, some of the songs that were used in this film, um, because especially in that bar, um, and people are doing it based on the timeline of when this was actually happening in the songs. Ah, oh, okay. okay. After or, you know, after, the, and I, I didn't really care. Cause to me, that made me feel like this had a bit of a budget. Like there were these two banger songs that are like well-known songs, um, that just made it feel like a real movie to me. And th- I, I liked that. I thought that was cool.
1: Um, <laughs> it is sloppy though. If the years don't work, I, I do find that I didn't look, I didn't pick up on it because I don't necessarily know what's what years songs are released, but I, I, I do find that kind of stuff when
0: you're trying to create a historical context, that's a bit sloppy. Yeah. I, I did like when um, Ashraf went to see um, Sadat um, when he's announces he that new president with all that information on Sammy Um and, you know, his mates and the bribery and corruption. I just thought that was a cool... I think I, I mentioned that with the characters anyway, so I really enjoyed that. Mm, yeah. And um, the the last part that I liked was with um, Ashraf telling Danny about Egypt crossing the Suez Canal. And he sees him, gets the money, and it cuts to him in this gambling situation. And it just, like, goes to show his vice. And, and there's this specific move where he's either playing poker and he goes... All in, and it was just this analogy for this whole situation. He's fully all in on this, this, um, you know, this sharing of information now. So I just thought that was a cool little uh, visual cue for the, for, for what was happening. I,
1: I had that life. in my scenes that I didn't like, Jesse. Uh, okay, okay, good. Go for it. Fill me in. Because it was way too literal and way too obvious an analogy of what he was doing. Like when they go to the poker, all fine. But when he actually sat there and went all in, I was like, ah,
0: no, yuck. <laughs> I can can see why, but I I don't know. Maybe it was just something I just needed at that stage. I was like, oh, cool. (laughs)
1: Maybe he should have pushed the chips in without saying all in. It was when he said all in, I was like, yeah, come on. I'm better than that. (laughs) What else uh, didn't you like? Look, I I thought the the opening minute basically um, that tried to set up the entire landscape was incredibly dense with information and facts and statistics. And I was completely overawed by all of it. And, and I just felt like I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm just so far behind the eight ball already because I feel like I've missed all of this stuff. Um, and I get that you got to create context, but it was, it was an intimidating opening It it's like, okay, make sure you're listening right now and take it all in. And then it was just bombarding with information. And I was just like, sorry, you lost me already. And I didn't like that. I didn't think it was a nice way to start a film. Um, and then apart from the, the poker scene, the only other scene that I, that I do have is, and it's not even a scene, sorry, it's just a general thing I didn't like, which I've already touched on, that so many people and, and all these details that I was really struggling to keep up with, their plans, their motivations, I didn't necessarily know who, who's good and who's bad and why they were good and why they were bad and what they actually wanted. Um, it was the detail of the film that, that got me, and I, I think that's just got so much to do with the fact that I wasn't familiar with the story or the situation or anything um, to do with this war and, and the lead-up to this war that I got lost in the detail a lot of the time and that that made things difficult for me. And as I said, it's a film that's about preparing for war. So it's not an action film It's, it's and it's not necessarily, you know, as much as there are clues and things to solve along the way, it's not really like a mystery either. It, it's the political side of what you need to do to
0: to have a successful strategy with this and that was a little bit dry. No, yeah, I'll all completely fair. Um, the, the only really thing that really annoyed me um was anything that tried to make ashraf out other than being a family man because i just didn't appreciate that because you saw him he was so good with his son um he was so good in mm-hmm. the situations with diana the his palace like i mentioned It just to me it didn't work with him as a character especially if you you don't want any extra things to try and have against him other than the the situation that i guess he was trying to deal with so um and he wasn't even tempted so there was clearly mm-hmm. no other woman, and I don't know. It just didn't feel right for me. All those those scenes that tried to be something that they weren't. And yeah, it I, I think if it,
1: if anything, though, probably it might like the way you talk about Ashraf. It might make you like him even more. <laughs> that the, that you know, deep down, you know he is a good guy, and there was nothing that he did wrong. But um, yeah, it they didn't seem. Still that, that
0: even though we know he didn't do anything <laughs> wrong, that he ended up lonely at the end. Like that was, that was rough. Yeah. All right. What was, um? what are some themes or some ideas from this one?
1: Well, I think there's a, there's a big theme about the, the idea of trust and faith. Um, obviously in others, um, the way that Danny and, and, and Ashraf had their relationship and the way that the president had to trust and the way that, uh, the, I can't even remember what the organization was called, Danny Works One Hour, but the way they all had to trust that the information they were getting was correct and the person that, that was delivering them was fair, but also the ability to have that faith in what you believe. And I, and I guess that's where it comes down to what Ashraf did from start to finish was he, str- he so strongly believed in this idea of peace between these nations that, he carved out this entire plan even when things look pretty dicey for him. Like he basically almost got killed at one point with a gun to his head and he was still, you know, willing to, to trust and have that faith in what he believed was right um, all the way through. So it, it's a nice recurring theme throughout the film that, that happens just not for one character, but also for the way that characters have to interact with each other as well.
0: Yeah. I, I think, um, the other things they they sort of build on what you've said so you've got that idea of trust and that the truth that needs to be put in with that as well and and you mm. spoke about you know um him wanting to do the right thing and and that i thought they did a good job through this idea that nasa the the president who passed away was this old philosophy this old way of dealing with situations and and just throughout we could see this different sort of changing new ideas um, even though they still stuck with this, this, this idea that war is still a really dirty thing. Um, you know, they attack mm. on, the, on the Holy day and, um, mm. you know, it just, it just highlights that, you know, there is still this tension still exists today, um, in the middle East and, you know, Israel with their backing from the USA and, and over land and, and all this sort of stuff. It's just, um, you know, it's an interesting thing that we can look 50 years ago and say, Hey, we've still got this similar sorts of issues going on. Um, I did this whole idea about the boy who cried wolf, as well. I thought it was just worth yeah. touching on. I know it was very, um, it was very explicit in your face what they were trying to do, um, but the, this suggestion that you know he deliberately fed the Israelis these two false reports about this war and. Um, but apparently it cost 34 million dollars um there's how much money they spent on mobilizing the, the, their, their army to for this attack that wasn't even real so um wow and this idea that you know they wouldn't believe him when he warned for a third time about the attack but as you mentioned before he used that code word so i just thought this whole idea this is like this analogy of this fable almost was a, was a cool little um insider sort of thing too <laughs>
1: I think that was good as well. I, I think the difference between, let's say the explicit nature of the all in thing that, that was a film thing. Right. Whereas the boy who cried wolf thing was, was a character thing where Ashraf actually brought it in and referenced it because you know, he was almost like saying you've got to be familiar with this boy who cried wolf thing because it might come in handy for you one day. And he was, he was exactly the boy who cried wolf. Right. And the third time when the wolf actually comes, no one did anything, but fortunately they listened to him that time. So, I think there's also an idea of risk and, and risking risking everything, which, which is exactly what he did, right? And at the end of the day, he loses his family and, and subsequently loses his life because of this. And it makes me wonder, I, I think he becomes a, quite a noble character throughout all this, but is, is it all worth it? Like w- when you figure out what you've lost and when you see him sitting on the seat at the end of the movie, yeah, was that risk that he took worth it all?
0: Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's clear either. From what I've read, I, I think he was um, quite well off after all of this had happened and they lived in quite a nice an apartment with his wife, lived a pretty luxurious life afterwards. So yeah, I think the, the film's trying to tell his story in a, a little bit of a different way than what possibly, um, and I yeah, guess sure. you've just got, got to question that all the time when you see an adaptation of um of, of a real life story, but I completely agree with yeah exactly what you said. Like, maybe that's what they're wanting us to think is, was it worth it for this Yeah, character? exactly. Yeah. 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 So um, what did you take away from this one then? I I actually, I look back on it quite fondly.
1: Um, I I appreciate being introduced to this story. I I found it quite interesting, Um, but I don't want to lose sight of the fact that it was told in a pretty dull and slow way. And and I I think, I think the movie is interesting, but not entertaining. Uh, This isn't a get your popcorn ready and let's sit down on the couch on a Saturday night type watch. It's, it's a, Oh, I'm interested in this event or I like discovering the details of how countries go to war type film. I think there's, there's a big difference of how you want to consume this
0: movie. Yeah. I, I, I had it down as like, it's a shitty James Bond film, but it's enjoyable because <laughs> you know, a lot of the things happen in real life. So you, you get the enjoyment of that, that you probably don't in James Bond where you would are taken away in that fantasy sort of idea. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a good summary. I'm um, IMDB. Did you jump on to check anyone out? Yeah, I did for Danny, who's who's played by Toby Kebbell.
1: Um, he's in a he, – I, I haven't watched a lot of Black Mirror, but I have seen the episode that he is in for Black Mirror. Um, and that was – I think that's probably the main thing I recognize him from. But he's also from Kong, Kong Skull Island. And when I looked at a few stills from him there as one of the – I think one of the fighter pilots, one of the army men there, I recognized him there as well. But he just got that face. And I was like, man, I know this guy. But it was actually the perfect IMDb because you're like, okay, I'll probably remember you next time,
0: Toby Kebbell. Good. Yeah. I, I didn't jump on. So didn't even, yeah, I've seen both. I've seen, I've seen Black Mirror and I've seen Kong, but I didn't even <laughs> recognize him from either of them. So. Uh, yeah. All right. Like he's not made, like he's
1: major in the episode of Black Mirror, but he's not major in Kong, but he's just got that face where you're like, I know you, I a hundred percent know you. Do
0: you have any questions that you'd like to ask?
1: Uh, look, we've kind of touched on it, but maybe we haven't asked it explicitly. And I want to know, is, is Ashraf a good man?
0: And was he always a good man? Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the, depending on the, on the film story, um, i yeah, film decided, yeah, based on the film, I'm undecided. I don't know whether he was doing it for the right reasons. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I, left that that, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think he had good qualities, but I also think he had, um, some poor qualities and some, and yeah, some of the actions were based on, um, yeah, anger and distrust and hatred and, and I still don't know whether he was doing, you know, if he was doing it for the money, for the family or white, like he was obviously gambling a lot of it as well. So I, I don't know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I think if, if there's a scale of good and bad, I think he, he probably does err to the good side. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's definitely not clear. But when I was watching the film, I'm like this guy's a douche and then by the end of it, like Oh, this guy's
0: a a hero. So <laughs> that was what got me. That my, my one of my questions is very, very similar. Like, was he more about securing peace or was he just after power and money?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is very similar yeah, question.
0: Very similar, I, yeah. yeah, I look, I, I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yep, good. Yeah, I'm happy to do that too. Then, then <laughs> let's let's both be positive on him. That's a good way to, to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> um and the the other thing that this this frustrated me and i'm pretty sure we've we've answered this already by the way we've been talking but online i read a few reviews and a lot of the reviews were talking about um how angry they were with um with ashraf because um or oh, not ashraf but because sadak kept changing his mind about these attacks so to me i don't think people have read this film properly in that the whole idea was that he convinced sat at the whole time to to do it on that third attack um and use the previous two times to test them so that, that was how i read it i'm pretty sure that's how you've read it as well yeah basically the same yeah, yeah. okay good good because yeah the i read three or four reviews that were all like they didn't understand that so i'm glad that you, you can support me in saying mm-hmm. I've, I've seen it okay Good. Okay. Um, that's about it then. So I think we're ready to wrap it up and and give it a overall uh, rating for our show where we go out of five stars and, and try to work out an overall average. So what have you got for us?
1: Yeah, look, as, as I said, it was, um, it was dense in detail, which certainly detracted from the viewing experience, but, uh, I did enjoy the way the story all came together. It, it it really worked quite nicely in the end. It left me feeling somewhat satisfied with what I'd watch and what I'd learned, despite the fact that the uh, overall engagement levels
0: weren't necessarily there. But for me, it's still a two and a half stars. Nice. Good. Well, yeah, um, I'd, I think I probably liked it a little bit more um, than you possibly. But yeah, I think I learned a lot from this one. I liked hearing a story. That I didn't know, and the lengths that someone went to to try and, and create peace. I guess um, I was interested, I was engaged. Thought it was a decent job. I, like I mentioned at the start, I was quite like um, the tension build was quite good for me, and I'm going to give it a three and a half um, out of five. So gives Not us nice. an average of a three, which is a nice little solid number. It sits in nicely with Letterboxed. Mm, yeah, I agree. So. Um, We are on social, we have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and we pop a question of the week up. This one I've taken as a a line of dialogue. And it's, this is how liars are rewarded. Even if you tell the truth, no one believes you. Is this uh, the right way to treat liars? You give them two chances and then they're out sort of thing. I don't know, it's a tricky one. I don't know, I don't think you can have a hard and fast rule, can you? Oh, well, I, I think if you, you've catch someone out for telling some myths, truths mistruths multiple times, then it's almost time to say goodbye.
1: <laughs>
0: mm. yeah, right, well, that's a hard one. It is. Well, we're back again um, next week. So we have another 2018 film. It's a comedic drama film and it's called... The Land of Steady Habits. Um, it's directed by Nicole Holfenzer. It stars Ben Mendelsohn, Eddie Falco, Thomas Mann, and Connie Britton. So some uh, good names in there that I recognize, which is nice. Looking forward to it. Good, well, um, yeah. Well, thanks for um, having a nice chat and I will see you next week.
1: Sounds good, mate. See you then.